Please repeat after me. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Mangalam Guru Devai Deve Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindevyo Sarva Lokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chudharmasya Sarvadharma Sarupini Avatara Varishtai Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Sara Shiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Ashmar Achara Prayantam Vande Gurum Paramparam So we're picking up where we left off about a year ago. <laughs> Actually, uh, we've talked, uh, the last year we've, we've uh, been primarily speaking on the Narada Bhakti Sutra. We took a little break to clear our tongue, clear my head actually a little bit, to approach the Bhagavatam properly. Uh, uh, and so, well, we left off before I left for India two years ago for the Mahakumbha. And you remember what happened in the Bhagavatam? Churning of the ocean. It was perfect timing for the Mahakumbha, right? We just churned the ocean and the Amrita came, right? So it was perfect. Uh, 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 and then we went off, we came back, I think we talked a, a few things. Uh, uh, and the next section, the reason I didn't jump back into it, the next section, we've been primarily going verse by verse to the Bhagavatam. But the Puranas, in order to be a Purana, has to satisfy certain requirements. One of which is the uh, 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 listing of genealogies of kings and manus. Right, so there's lots of pages that describing this king begat. I mean, the Bible has it too. Somebody begat. You got one, how many begats before Jesus? Right, how many generations and, and lineages? And so, um, we w- sometimes we come to those. They're actually very important. They 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 they, uh, they piece together our entire cosmology and history and Puranas. They're very important, uh, but they're not easy to you know to give classes on. You know, <laughs> each one. <laughs> So, uh, uh, so we came upon just after the churn of the ocean. One such conversation comes, where so many manus are described, and what, in that conversation, so, I'm, so that's why I got kind of stuck. I'm going, how am I going to speak about this? So it took me a year to figure out that I'm not going to speak about this. <laughs> uh, we're going to skip a little bit, but we're going to within the conversation. Um, let's see here. What's a manvantar? The last seven uh, sukha speaking about the, uh, 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 the last seven manvantaras. These are uh, ages of Manu. They're extremely long periods of time, right? Uh, millions of years, actually. Hum- millions and millions of human years. Um, each one with a different Manu. And within descriptions of the different Manus, uh, future Manus, past Manus, uh, uh, one great king is mentioned, as, and is mentioned at Mahabali, right? King Bali. And um, yeah, uh, uh, and he mentions that that Vishnu begged some land from him, and then uh, and then humbled him, right? Just within that discussion, he's mentioned, right? And so then the the uh, 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 I think maybe Yudhisthira. It's been so long since I look. I think Yudhisthira is the one asking questions, right? Raja, no, Sukha and uh, uh, Sukadev. No, Sukha, this is a Prikshit. Prikshit is asking, uh, uh, 
whenever you, you make such statements, people ask, well, how, how is it that Vishnu became a beggar? Vishnu is the one who gives people beg from Vishnu. People, Vishnu doesn't beg. And why did, if Bali is a great king who eventually becomes a Manu, right, uh, uh, how does he get punished and arrested and pushed down? And like, so this is, within that whole list, something stood out as odd that needed more clarification, right? So, the, so we'll start kind of there. Raja, the Raja said, and uh, some verses, there's an pr- important prayer within it that I translated, but I didn't have much time to translate the full sections I'm reading. A lot of this is um, um, uh, not so technical. So I didn't we just read with existing translation. Why did Sri Hari, the Lord of all, ask Mahabali for three feet of earth like a miserable beggar? And why, after getting what he wanted, did the Lord bind him with cords as a prisoner? I desire to know to know how the one who is self-fulfilled and without any wants, who is recipient of all sacrifice, could take to begging, and also how he could put fetters on an innocent person like Bali. Okay, I don't have in here. I don't have the uh, transliteration. Is it Bali or Bali? Bali. Bali is short A, right? I want to don't mispronounce because it's going to be on tape. <laughs> I'll say his name a hundred times incorrectly. Bali, Mahabali, and so. <coughs> This uh, important king, uh, he's actually the, the, always described as Mahabali, right? The great Bali, right? And but he wasn't, we, he wasn't a human, and he wasn't a god, right? What was he? Demon. He was a demon. He was a daita, right? Uh, and he comes from a very noble family of demons, right? He has some controversial characters in his past, like Hiranyakashipu, right? one of the greatest tyrants of all times. But Hiranyakashipu's son is Prahlad. And Prahlad's son, actually I read it down, Vinetchara, uh, uh, what is it? I didn't scribble it down. But anyways, and his son is Bali. right? So Bali is uh, Prahlad Maharaj's grandson. Right? And so, and in the Gita, Krishna says, amongst daitas, I am Prahlad. Amongst demons, I am Prahlad. So like amongst mountains, I am the Himalayas. Amongst weapons, I am the lightning bolts, like this. Amongst all the, in every category, I am the greatest of all those, of that category. So even amongst the demons, I am the greatest, Prahlad. Right? Because Prahlad was the greatest of all devotees. There's nobody, whenever we think of devotees of God, you think of Prahlad. Although, in respective of the family he was born in, right? Of his demonic family. So, with theme that we come, I mean, every time we've almost every single, unless we're speaking on some philosophical point by topic, every time we tell any story, it's always the same story. It's a fight between the gods and the demons, right? It seems to be always every story. The Chandi, how many times we've read that? There's always a fight between Nara Shinga. Every story is basically the fight between the gods and demons. Eventually, we'll get to Lord Ram, who was born in order to fight Ravana and save Sita. And then finally we get to the esoteric sections of Lord Krishna. And of course, there's very deep meanings of Lord uh, Leela, Lord Krishna. But what's the external reason for him coming? To kill some demons, Kamsa and others. Right? So many demons he had to kill. He responded to the prayers of the earth, that the demons uh, 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 and the king, actually not just demons, he was responding that demons and, and wicked kings have, are torturing me. Right? You have to be born and rid. rid so, that's, so even Krishna's birth, even Ram's birth, right, is born to kill some demon, right? Uh, uh, so it's always a fight between the gods and the demons. And it seems if, if, if once you kill a big demon, that should be the end of it, right? 
but it doesn't seem to <laughs> the gods are very happy everything's re- everything's put back to normal until the next time there's an imbalance and the demons take the upper hand so we have to see and and the stories also tell us that that the de- that this is a there's la- layers of interpretation there's one way of looking at it's purely symbolic we also have within us uh different aspects we have the demonic and the angelic right the divine the devas and the and the and the asuras or the daitas uh within us and there that's always fighting for attention fighting from control fighting to sit on indra's seat right the seat of the ego the seat of the mind who controls everything right and the problem comes is when some lower energy some lower aspect of ourselves takes over and sits on indra's throne right that's always uh, that's always what the what the demons want they want to to live in indra's palace and sit on his throne and control the whole thing so personally when that happens that becomes we all know when that happens it can happen daily it can happen time to time and when anger takes over lust takes over greed takes over to the exclusion of all else the higher voices get shut out thrown out and some lower energy sits on the throne and uh, so we have to invoke uh, the stories go we invoke god we invoke the divine mother we invoke vishnu uh, and he rectifies it she rectifies it um, but there's also that's that's interpreted internally yogis interpret everything tend to interpret everything internally like this uh, but there's more uh, but it's also dealing with cosmic powers right cosmic principles right uh, internal principles and cosmic principles as well as very ancient history right that part we can understand like if i tried to explain so many billions of years ago there was a fight between the king of the demons and the king of the gods and then like uh, vishnu took uh, interceded became a little dwarf and covered three steps covered the universe and saved the world you know like that's i can state that right but that makes no sense historically it makes no sense rationally right so it's dealing but it is a, it's it's taken this is an ancient history a prehistory a, a, mystic, a mystical history a mythical history right uh so we we understand it that way that's the primary meaning of the story telling us about something that happened a long time ago right when the world was young right but that's not immediately it's interesting to know what the what the, the ancient world believed about the ancient world <laughs> right this book is written five or spoken 5000 years ago talking about things that happened millions of years ago so the views of the ancient world about the ancient world is important and we also trying to share that world view it's a mystical mythical world view and then so that's that's one aspect and the yogi's aspect we all interpret that we all see that that struggle internal struggle between the gods and the demons but then there's a practical cosmic uh, 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 view of the world that there's different forces in this world there there's uh, uh, and none of them go away they're part of the um, the warp and woof the punish I'd say of the world the good and the bad or and I can't say the good or the bad that's also these are good and bad or value judgments there's two energies right so even in the image of mahakali right she as she springs as she manifests in the consciousness of shiva and as this world name and form she manifests in it with a sword and a severed head on one side and blessings and boon giving on the other hand right so you could say if we were to say one side is the world of the devas the other side of the world of the demons right and actually the were the demons and the devas in the stories have the same uh, 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 father right was to the father is kashapa muni right he was one of the prajapatis a great rishi who is also prajapati his prajapatis are those who are like daksha is one of the prajapatis we're watching the shiva movies so everybody knows the drama between shiva sati and daksha uh, but he's one of the he was one who founded the brahminical lines but uh, 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 kashapa founded some sadhu lines right rishi lines right 
uh, uh, through his progeny. Well, he had two wives, Diti and Aditi, right? And so Diti is the mother of the demons, and Aditi is the mother of the gods, right? So uh, they come from the same, they literally come from the same source, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, these two energies. And so just like this, that's, that way, that story is a, is a Puranic way of showing, or this is a symbolic way of showing the same thing, from the same source, from the same, these two Shaktis come. Right, and and uh, if we were to give a symbolic interpretation of this image, which is always dangerous when you say anything about Kali, but with knowing the limitations, uh, uh, you can say that it's Diti and Aditi, right? All gods, all demons, all these powers come from this world of duality, right? There's a world of birth and death, right? Uh, uh, so what if we think about uh, before we jump into the story, the principles of the story have to have to be contemplated. What are, uh, 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 where do the demons live? The, uh, the daitas live. They live on, we, we, even in Christianity, we have this idea of God, that demon, the God, devil and his demons live in hell, some underworld, right? Underneath the world, right? Underneath the earth, right? So this is the idea in Patala, right? Pataloka, right? Uh, uh, and, and, and Indra in his, in his uh, devas and his cohorts live in. And Swarga. And Swarga, what, what's the name of, of, of Indra's city? Remember? And they call it Indra Loka. Avarati. <laughs> uh, hmm? Avarati. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and Bali's, uh, the, 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 in Pataloka, anybody know the name of that kingdom? It's called Hiranyapur. It's made of gold, right? It's a golden city. Right, so these are so so you have these already. These and so Indra lives in the atmosphere. He's an atmospheric deity, right? We, he becomes Zeus and these characters. Right, he's the uh, god of the atmosphere, of space, of of uh, weather, right? He's, what he rides, he rides an elephant. His elephant, Arivata, right? Arivata, and his elephant. What is exactly it's described is that the monsoon, white monsoon cloud, the first monsoon cloud. That's on the first clouds just before the monsoon. That's the elephant that Indra rides. Right, with his lightning, he, he brings water out of the black clouds right, to nourish the earth. Right? Right? And so he's pulling up plants from the earth. Right? A little bit mythological stage. This is not, uh, we have to understand a little bit this. So he's pulling up plants from the earth. That means hidden in the earth is these seeds. Hidden in the earth is fertility. Right? Life is hidden in the earth. It has to be brought out. Right? So this, this, the, the realm of the Asuras... Or the daitas are under they're 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 um they're holding controlling uh, life giving herbs they're giving the seeds minerals uh, like gold for instance right all the things that 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 are necessary for life right <clears throat> so uh, the 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 devas, they have there in the story that that uh, precedes this is the churn of the ocean, right? Where they got amrita, right? So the goal, the devas want amrita, which means immortality. For that which is alive, they want to keep alive, right? But what which which power do the asuras have, right? Uh, who's their guru? Shukra. Shukra, right? Shukra has some vidya, sanjivani vidya, right? He has the ability to bring what's dead alive. Right, so the demons control the power to give birth to which de- to rebirth, mm-hmm. right? And the devas want to keep what's alive alive, amrita, right? There are two there are two goals there are two powers a little different, 
right? So things that are in the ground, you know, when something dies, it gets re you get bury it, and again it comes up. That's its power. That's the power of the, of, of 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 the of the daitas, right? And Sanjeevani. So in this story, actually, maybe we'll jump into the story a little bit. Uh, let's see here. O King Mahabali, who was killed and deprived of, of all his prosperous realm by Indra, was revived by his teachers, the Brigus, including Shukra. In return, Bali served those teachers with great sincerity and liberality. The Brigus, the clan of the eminent Brahmanas headed by Shukra, were very much pleased with Bali, who was desirous of conquering the heavenly regions. So in the previous story, Indra had killed Bali. Right, and so he had. Fought. When you kill Bali, he goes back. Right, but the demons have know how to bring that which is dead back to life. Right, so he revived them, and and Bali was so pleased, uh, so thankful that he studied and served under these teachers headed by Shukra. These great rishis administered to him the consecratory consecratory bath and made him perform a yagna known as Vishvat, Vishvajit in which one must give away all one's possessions. Out of the sacrificial fire came out the divine chariot, inlaid with gold and yoked to horses, which vied with Indra's steed in color and having a flag with the emblem of a lion. Also came out a never-exhaustible never quiver and an armor of heavenly work workmanship. Bali was presented with an unfading garland of flowers by his grandfather, Prahlad, and a conch by the Rishi Shukra. Being thus equipped with all ornaments, and with the help of these rishis, Bali circumambulated them and made obeisances to them, and also to Prahlad, and then took his leave. He now shone, shone like the sacrificial fire of the household, as he seated himself in his chariot given by Rishi Shukra of Brigu's line, with all equipment like bow, quiver, sword, and arrow, and with his personal decorations like garlands, shining armlets and gold of gold and sparkling earrings. Bali, Bali, bent on the conquest of the most splendorous heavenly regions of Indra, led his big Asura army whose march caused tremors on the earth and the intermediary regions. That army was full, was full of Asura chiefs, who were equal to him in wealth and power, and who were so heroic that they seemed ready to drink up the sky with their mouths and to burn the quarters with their looks. So, Bali, he was considered a very, um, uh, like I said, it's Maha Bali, right? So, uh, uh, and he also, we know in the story, we're not going to get to the final story, it may take a few weeks to go through these verses, of, of him, of, of uh, Vamana, Lord taking incarnation as a small dwarf, asking the four, three feet, begging uh, three feet of land and pushing him down. But, so to answer the first question, uh, why did, how did Vishnu, who's a supreme Lord, right, go begging from him? Right, even if it, there's some trick in it, but still, how, right? And uh, Indra, right? Indra, what does Indra do? Indra constantly begs of Lord Vishnu for power, more power, more strength, save me, like this, right? But Vishnu begs from Bali, right? Who's better in the story? Actually, Indra. The thing is, in the cosmic scheme, Indra has to win, right? But Bali has to have his time, right? <laughs> That's the problem, right? You know, like. Day wins night, but night has to be there, right? So, uh, winter comes, everything freezes, 
right? But again, the sun wins, right? And everything's warm again. But the winter has to be there, right? So these two powers have to be there, but Indra has to periodically win, ultimately win, but not really ultimately win, right? So he has to save Indra and the gods, right? But Bali has to have give give its proper due, right? So even Vishnu, who's the Supreme Lord, begs something. Of course, there's many reasons why, and we'll go into that. So when uh, in earlier, long time ago in the Bhagavatam, the story is told in just at another place, right? In a little slightly different way. And there it says that uh, although being, he, was a right, he was a righteous king in the underworld, uh, and, very gen- and his nature was extremely generous, right? He didn't beg like Indra, right? <laughs> he's the nature of a giver. That turns to be his downfall ultimately, right? Very, he's dharmic in his own way. If he, he keeps, he's, he's very generous, and he's very, um, uh, he keeps his word. These are two qualities that uh, even many devas, many many humans and many devas don't have these two qualities, right? So it's embarrassing that even the demons can have these two dharmic qualities above you know, even seeming saints and religious leaders of being uh, g- generous and truthful. Um, so uh, uh, in it, he was under the guidance of the, of, of the guru. He w- he began to perform a hundred uh, horse sacrifices, right? And each one of these sacrifices is designed to to show your your uh, sovereignty. You pro- a king performs this horse sacrifice in order to show that he's an uncontested ruler, right? So Bali had performed. He was trying to perform. In, uh, 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 here it says a hundred. Other places it says a thousand. When you perform a thousand such sacrifices, you become, it says you become like Indra. You become Indra, right? So, so this, on the 99th he had attacked, he was attacking Indra's uh, kingdom, right? But actually, it's, it's once okay, it's not just Bali, so many of the demon kings had be, tried to become like Indra, and sometimes they succeed. But he, he has another mistake mentioned earlier in the Bhagavatam. His mistake, he actually thought, because a little ego, the problem was power, even for a righteous king. Right, righteous king. Even Indra loses his head with ego and power. Right, so what to speak of a demon, right, who doesn't have the same lineage as Indra, right? Uh, because not only do they have Prahlad's blood in him, he also has Hiranyakashipu's blood in him, right? So some those tendencies are still there. So it's easy when when you give a lot of power to somebody, for them to take it themselves very seriously. Even Indra loses his mind, right? So Bali loses mind. He's saying actually, if we do enough sacrifices. I did, we don't even need Vishnu anymore. God is not even necessary. Indra is not never God. God Vishnu, Indra is the Lord of heavenly devas. He's not the supreme. But actually, we don't even need to. We don't need the supreme anymore. But it's not a thing. Well, I shall. You know, not like I hate God like Hiranyakashipu. You think there's no? I'm controlling everything. I can easily become Indra. That's not a problem. A few more fac- sacrifices, I'll have enough power to fight Indra under my Guru's instructions. Right? That's not a problem. But there'd be no need even for God, right? This is the problem. So you can see this is also a tendency of the human nature, right? We're given a little bit of power, and we think, I'm pretty good at this, right? <laughs> we don't need, there's no, doesn't need anything higher, any, any other source, right? I'm, I'm it, right? Uh, and so that was ultimate, earlier in the text, it doesn't mention it in this section, in this telling, but earlier in the Bhagavatam, it does mention that, that this was his real uh, cause of, of the, that had to be, his ego had to be humbled. Right, because that ego came. He was he was actually he was meant to be to take over Indra's 
position for a little while, right? Until the gods win again. But this one needed, he needed a, a lesson because his ego got a little out of hand. I think it's a little out of hand. It's like, I can be God, you know? <laughs> There's no need for God, right? Not that I hate God. He had great respect for everybody. He, he was a very gentleman, right? A disciplined person. But ego got in the way, right? <clears throat> So he performed so many of these uh, sacrifices. And then with this power, he attacked Indraloka. Now it describes Indraloka, the heaven of Lord Indra. The heaven of Indra was so full of attractive features that it made the very deity of splendor lustrous. It had famous gardens and parks like Nandana, great centers of natural beauty, wherein were celestial trees whose branches bent under the weight of tender leaves, flowers, and fruits, which had harbored numerous birds warbling with their consorts, and humming bees inebriated with honey. It had lotus lakes abounding in many kinds of many kinds of water birds like swans and cranes. Um, and providing facility for water sports for hilarious celestial women attended by their male companions. The city built by Vishwakarma, the, the divine architect, the city built by Vishwakarma was surrounded by a moat uh, by the holy Ganga of hem, heaven. The, the heaven. Remember, the Ganga originally exists in the heavenly realms. Actually, she came... Uh, she uh, was born in the Himalayas, but then she went to the heavenly realms in order to purify for some work, important work. And then eventually she came back in order to purify the earth again. So even the Ganga is also in the heavenly realms, surrounded, uh, flowing through heaven. Uh, heaven and by high walls resplendent like fire and having on their... Tops, battlements for use in times of war. It had doors with shutters of plated gold, towers of crystal, and highways well laid with proper, in, with proper alignment, all planned by the celestial architect Vishwakarma. It had many assembly halls, courtyards, and subsidiary roads, and its several crossroads were lined by high mansions with balconies and sit-outs made of coral and studded with diamonds. Resplendent, like rays of fire, girls with perpetual youth and beauty and dressed in spotless garments moved about everywhere. They were windy, there the wind deity is ever-present to welcome visitors, as it were, with a gentle breeze rendered fragrant with a sweet smell of saugandika flowers fallen from the braids of celestial women. Tis jasmine. Through the gold inlaid windows of the mansions through which celestial women were seen to pass up and down came out thick and gray clouds of smoke from burning frankincense spreading in all the roads. Everywhere there were decorations of pearl strings, flat staffs inlaid with gold and studded with precious stones, many banners of variegated colors and sizes and balconies decorated with, with buntings. The atmosphere was filled with the sound of peacocks, doves, and hummingbirds mingled with the sweet and auspicious music of celestial women occupying the mansions of the city. Every other attraction was overpowered by the sonorous heavenly music in which was combined the booming sounds of various instruments like mridanga, conch, drums, and timekeeping cymbals with the sweet strains of the veena, manjira, rishti, and flute, and with the songs of the demigods accompanied by dances of heavenly damsels. This realm is never attained by those persons who are violators of the moral law evildoers, oppressors of others, and persons who are cruel, conceited, licentious, and, or greedy. If you want to get to heaven, 
These are big, some some lists we have to avoid, right? Uh, of course, we know it's important that many religions hold such heavens to be the goal. And even the Vedas hold many sacrifices are designed to attain such heavens, right? Especially Indraloka is considered a very nice uh, realm. Uh, but it is also temporary. Not Indra, not even Indra can stay in Indraloka, right? So we we cannot last as long in Indra. So even such enjoyments ultimately come to an end. And so Swami Vivekananda, uh, in a very powerful talk called Discipleship, he says that heaven and earth have only one name, earth. This is still an extension of the material consciousness. It's just really, really nice, right? Here it's not quite as nice. <laughs> Right. We have some of those things, you know, we try our best. <laughs> right. Some of the instruments even we use today, but for a higher purpose. Uh, uh, Mahabali, the commander of the Asura forces, now besieged the city of Indra with his army. He blew his mighty conch, presented to him by the Acharya, generating fear in the minds of the women of the heavenly realm. Seeing all these military preparations of Mahabali, Indra and all the devas approached their teacher and said, O oh, honored sir, our old enemy, Mahabali, is making another effort to conquer us. It is impossible for me to bear it with his conduct. How has he become powerful again? Right, you know, they already killed him after a great battle. Then now he's back alive, and he seems to be more powerful than ever after doing all these sacrifices. Right, uh, it looks as if he is going to swallow the whole world, lick up the regions, and burn up everything by his look. He is as fierce as a fire that comes out of the mouth of Shankarshana at the time of the cosmic delu deluge. Please tell me how our enemy has acquired this irresistible might. How did he get this power of body and mind and the courage that have emboldened him to attack us? So, under the guidance of Shukra, he attacked, right? So now Indra runs to his guru. His guru is, everybody knows, Brahaspati, right? Uh, 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 uh. So the teacher Brahaspati says, the guru says, O oh Indra, I know that the cause of the enchantment of the powers of your enemy is that the Brigus, is that the Brigus, his teacher Shukra, and his disciples, who are great experts in Vedic lore, have imparted their own Brahmic power to him. Neither you nor the other celestials like you can stand before him, as men cannot before Yama, the deity of death. Only Sri Hari can face him, only Vishnu. Therefore, you all abandon the heavenly regions now and go into hiding until the time turns against the enemy and tends to his downfall. Right. So this also we we see this occasionally when when the demons are at their top. Right. Sometimes you cannot fight them. Right. Here's the story. You're actually being told by the guru. Now you retreat. Let them take over. Leave. Hide. Right. If they want heaven, let them take over. They won't. La they're they're demons. Right. They can't. They they'll lose some mistake. Right, uh, something will happen where they end up losing it, and then you can take. Then you'll you'll have your position back again. Right now, their position is strong. Your position is weak. Right, it's better to fight them to have a war when you're going to lose is not intelligent. Right, better to go into hiding. So actually, another text it, it flushes this out. Actually, says that eventually. Okay, it's actually says here. Now, because of the power of the holy men behind him, he is benefited immensely, and his power is at its zenith. 
In course of time, disrespect shown to these men will itself be the cause of his downfall as well as that of his followers. So there's a problem with ego. Even a very uh, uh, magnanimous personality will make some mistake. Right? And so he knows eventually ego, the, the demon can't help. He'll make some mistake against his, those teachers. And also the demon teachers are not easy. To, they're, they're not as forgiving for a little mistake. You can imagine they're not an easy task mask. mask easy taskmasters. Uh, uh, so he'll do something, and we know what happens. Uh, he, 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 uh, we won't get there now, I don't think. Uh, he says, uh, 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 we're not revealing this to everybody knows the story, when he, uh, Bali eventually offers, offers uh, anything the little, this little dwarf wants, right? And Shukra says, I think that's Vishnu. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't he's going to trick you, and you should take, don't give him anything. He's going to ruin you like that. And he says, well, and so he tells his teacher, I've said I'm going to give it to him. Right? I can't go back on my word in front of everybody. Right? And so the guru becomes so upset that he didn't obey him. Right? And then he says that you'll lose your position. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. You know, <laughs> you, do, you're, you're, you lose your position. Right? So that's the thing. Eventually he says he'll, he'll but actually it's, it's he, he, he showed disrespect to his gurus by being honest. I mean, interesting. <laughs> That's why Bali is an, an interesting character. He's a demon, but not a demon. Right. Thus, after the deliberation with the wise teacher of great insight, the devas left their heavenly region, disguised in different forms, and disappeared from there. When the devas thus disappeared, Bali, the son of Virochana, that's the name I was looking for, Virochana, took possession of the heavenly citadel of the devas, and making it his capital, controlled all the three worlds. So now we have that the same scene again, where some demon sits on Indra's throne. He controls all three worlds. So the three, what are the three worlds? We have the underworld. Here it's referred to the underworld, which is the realm of the demons, right, right, uh, and, and the atmosphere, the heavenly world, realm of Indra, and the in-between worlds, which is where we live, right. And so this is a story of ancient mythological history, mythic and mythological history, but it's also the principles of uh, uh, energies of nature now. So we also have, we have the, uh, the devas are always trying to pull life out of the earth, right? And, and the, the spirits of the earth are always holding their treasures, right? And we, we, we do, we pray to, what do we do? We pray to, um, uh, we pray to the devas, right? Bring us rain, bring us a good harvest, right? And so they bring, they pull, right? And then, and, and, and the demons try to pull it back. This is a constant struggle here, right? Uh, um. Uh, thus uh, uh, Devas appeared Shukra who loved his obedient and victorious disciple Bali made him perform a hundred horse sacrifices for the retention of the power and status he had gained so he did another home hundred sacrifices by thus by the efficacy efficacy of these horse sacrifices, Bali's reputation spread everywhere in all the three worlds, and he shone like the moon everywhere. With a complete sense of fulfillment, Bali enjoyed the power of opulence he had gained through the power of the holy men. These means his rishis, the demonic holy men. We have to be careful. Not, not, all, not, not every holy man, not every rishi is on the Deva, side of the devas. <laughs> Got to be careful. So the mother of the demons is Diti, and the mother of the devas is Aditi. So now we're going to hear a little bit about what's happening in the world of Aditi and Kashapa. 
Shuka says, Aditi, the mother of the devas, was very much afflicted by, and felt helpless when her children, the devas, had all deserted her as her, their abode, the heavenly region, was wrested from them by the Asudas. Once Kashapa, the great patriarch, came to her ashram after a very long interval spent in the state of Samadhi. So Kashapa comes back to her, her ashram right after years of tapasya and being absorbed in Samadhi. He founded his wife Aditi, and the whole ashram was without any trace of joy. After being worshipped and honored, he took his seat and addressed his sorrow-stricken wife as follows. I hope nothing evil has happened to holy men. So it's interesting. Now we have to... This is Within every story, many teachings about life are there, right? And so a lot of dharmic things are being taught, right? So he sees the house has become sad and lack of joy. So he lists of what possible things could have gone wrong. First one is that... Uh, uh, um, uh, that nothing bad happened to the rishis, to the sadhus. Right? The first thing, did anything bad happen to sadhus? Right? That could cause such, such an environment. Right? Uh, I hope the path of dharma has not been adversely affected. I hope the world, though subject to death, is free from calamities. O mistress of my household, the household is the institution that yields the fruit of yoga, even to persons who do not follow the path of yoga. Right. Uh, the actually here the 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 statements of uh, yoga has many uh, goals, right? But even ultimately, it's but well, the main the actually I will say uh, um, the griha the 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 householder uh, institution yields three important goals: of artha kama and, and and dharma. Right? It's a field for uh, uh, righteous religious uh, behavior. Uh, and for economic development and for personal satisfaction, right, enjoyment. Uh, but if these are followed dharmically, if, if artha and kama are followed according to dharma, in grihastasham, it leads ultimately to the same goal of yoga, right, which is moksha, right. So he says even that even following this grihash, the, the household householder life leads to the goal of yoga, even without practicing yoga. Right. Has anything adverse overtaken the pursuits of the ideals it provides, dharma, artha, and kama? Or have any, or have at any time guests gone away from your home without being properly received and attended to you, on account of preoccupation with household affairs? This is at any time by accident because of your obsession or your your attention to your household work. Did any guests go without being fed? Right. This could this would cause such a problem. Right. A house from which guests have to go away without being offered. Even water is verily a foxhole and nothing else than that. Right? And that's a, this statement is repeated many times in the Bhagavad. Right? Is that minimally, what it means, minimally, you should, every prayer, no matter how poor you are, you can offer a glass of water. Right? So that's minimum. But you should offer, uh, you should tend your guests according to your ability. Right? But minimally, a glass of water can be given. Actually, in other places, in Dharma Shastra and the Bhagavatam, it says, even if an enemy comes to your house, you at least offer a glass of water. Right? If you're, and it's, actually, it says, but an enemy has to be treated in a way that he doesn't know he's your enemy when he's in your home. So even an enemy becomes a guest, becomes a devata. Right? You have to, with Aditi Deva, uh, Aditi Deva Bhava, right? The uh, uh, one who comes, especially with, see, actually, this Aditi Deva, Aditi Deva Bhava is important because. It's an uninvited guest. Un- un- 
right? Uh, with unannounced, without time. An untimely guest is God. A timely, uh, an invited guest. That's, uh, you, of course, if you're inviting, you're invited to eat, right? Or please come. I'm making, I'm making food, you know, like, like that. But if an uninvited guest comes, that's also a unique form of the of the, of the Lord has come. Oh noble, oh noble lady, during my absence, had you, had you at any time under the stress of some excitement or diversion forgotten to make the daily oblations of the sacred fire? For the holy man the sac- and the sacred fire, which a household expected to tend and worship, are faces of the Supreme Lord, Vishnu, who has manifested himself as various deities. So this is the... Uh, um, in traditional culture, the higher caste are expected to uh, have three fires going continuously, right? Uh, uh, at least one fire is there, right? And so these the offerings have to be made daily, right? And so the question, maybe this is, has this, have you forgotten to do this properly? And this is the equivalent in modern day, we could say you have your, your daily puja, some little thing, you lighting a dia, some incense, some something in your in your shrine, in your kitchen, some some whatever the thing has that been forgotten? And he says, and he says that holy men and fire are Vishnu's face in this, are Vishnu's mouth in this time, in this age, right? You feed into the fire or you feed into the mouth of holy men, right? Both of these are to be respected. Are all your sons doing well, O lady of courageous mind? For I infer from the signs about you that you are an unhappy state of mind. Aditi said. O Lord, the holy men and others, including myself, are all happy, and the rules of Dharma are in force. Now, you know, of course, that's not true. Actually, in a few sentences later, she says, I'm not happy. Right, but here she says, I'm happy. Right, because you see, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. That's always the first thing. But you seem okay. Well, you know, you know, I lost my job, and my dog died. Girlfriend left me, and everything. It's like, but actually, I'm fine. That's the initial response. Because ultimately, we're fine. we're alive, we're healthy. That's we're fine, right? But we're not really fine. If you if you push a little bit, we're not really fine. So your first answer is, I'm fine. Dharma's intact, and I'm fine. Right? By we say, oh, by God's grace, we're doing fine, and that's true, right? But if you poke, there's luckily so many. If you list, there's a lot of problems, right? But in the big sense, we're fine, right? Oh Lord, the holy men and others, including myself, are all happy, and the rule of, and, and the rules of Dharma are in force. The homes are serving the threefold purpose of acquiring religious merit, wealth, and happiness. By the greatness of your name, all the sacred fires, guests, servants, mendicants, etc., are properly served and satisfied. O oh, worshipable one, how can there be any dissatisfaction for me when you, the Lord of creation, are there at hand to advise me on questions of Dharma? O oh, Sana Marichi, all these creatures, with dominance of sattva, rajas, and tamas, are your offspring, born of your mind and your body, O mighty one. You who are all-powerful through your austerity are alike to all, including the asuras. You are, however, bound to support those who show special veneration to you. Therefore, O ma- Master, who is endowed with great powers, born of vows, dying to think of the welfare of one like me who has been serving you, we, including the devas, my children, have been deprived of our position and wealth by our enemies. We seek your protection. Powerful enemies have expelled me from my residence in heaven. And I am submerged in the ocean of sorrow. O Holy One and bestower of happiness, deign to think of ways and means by which my children, the devas, will be restored to their power and prosperity and our welfare reassured. Sukha said, On being so petitioned by Aditi, the sage Kashapa smiled and said in wonder, O oh, wonderful, 
is the power of, oh, wonderful is the power of Mahavishnu. Of Mahavishnu's Maya, actually he says, right? Not Mahavishnu. <laughs> Great is this power of Maya, right? right? The world is bound by ties of affection. Where is, where is this material body which is not the Atman? but on which the Atman consciousness is superimposed. And where is the Atman that transcends material nature? Who and whose are husbands, sons and relatives? Such ideas of relationship are pure delusion. This is not the normal answer. It's like, ah, what is a body? What is a soul? They have no connection. This, our relationships are false. This is, this is the problem when you, have a, when, you have a, when you have a Rishi as a husband. You don't get the answers you want. <laughs> Seek refuge. But actually, but he does it. Seek refuge in Vasudeva. Right, so it's the opening mantra. This, uh, uh, this is important mantra in this uh, chapter. Um, of course, this is an important mantra in this book. It's the seed, the bija of this book. The book comes from this mantra. That's why it's traditional to chant it before starting to read or speak it. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. This 12-lettered mantra. Seek refuge in Vasudeva, supreme being, the pervader of everything, the repository of all divine majesties, and the one approachable to all, and the Lord of all. The Lord who is merciful to the afflicted will fulfill your desire. Devotion to Sri Hari will bring around all good and welfare. Not so the worship of other divinities. Now, his, now, now it can be taken, so the Bhagavatam is in a very peculiar uh, um, position. Uh, because it's a sectarian text. It's a Vaishnava text, right? By sectarian text means there's, there's Vishnu Puranas, there's Shaiva, Shiva Puranas, there's Shakta Puranas, right? There's Ganapatya Puranas, there's Surya there's like, And so that means what it means is that it's a community of the Vaishnava, the Vishnu. These are texts that tell their stories. And sto- or it tells ancient stories in a way that's, that supports the, uh, the uh, cultic, nature of the group of their community it means like if we're worshippers of Krishna we read texts or Krishna supreme all the stories show how Krishna wins every battle that he's the only one to be worshipped right you read Shiva Puranas Vishnu Vishnu is a servant of Shiva right you read Shakta Puranas right we know Brahma Vishnu and Shiva they're they're the actually uh, they're they uh, they're the um, uh, they're the they're the the, the pedestal from which Ma to sit right they're the, the <laughs> her throne she sits on top of them Right, you know, it's like it says that the ten incarnation of Vishnu come from the dirt from her fingernails, right? <laughs> so this is, I mean, so each one has its end. And to shock us, yes, of course, that's, that makes perfect sense, right? And a Vaishnava will be horribly offended by that because everybody knows that that Shakti is Shakti and Shaktiman, Vishnu is Shaktiman who controls the power, and he's on. You know, there's ways of understanding each one like this, right? So the Bhagavatam is such a text, but it's not such a text. Why are we reading it, for instance, right? And why does everybody read Bhagavatam? Uh, no matter what the sectarian orientation is, what the traditional, because it's 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 uh, it's for a community by a community, but and so it says that actually if you're in trouble you have to worship Vishnu, Vasudeva, not just any form of Vishnu. You have to you worship Vasudeva. He'll save you. No other deity can help you, right? So it's like ah, this is very good, right? So we shouldn't worship Brahma and Shiva, right? But we see actually very interesting when the mantras are given which is what we're trying to get to. We're rushing through these, these verses to get to those mantras. It, well, well, we'll get there. You realize the one we're being worshipped is Vasudeva is also Shiva and also Brahma. Right? So, and, and is that supreme self, consciousness of all beings. Right? The, the deity being worshipped, Vishnu, here is the, is the universal, it's not a sectarian deity. It's worshipped by a group, 
a community of uh, followers of devotees of Vishnu. But he, but the Vishnu being worshipped is supreme, is absolute. He's Brahman. He's a self. He's uh, impersonal. He's personal. He's all the devas, right? And so here, not so worship of other de- of divinities is like Indra, like uh, like 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 that. And the the, the devas shouldn't be worshipped. The 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 Mahadeva, the great Lord, God of God, should be worshipped. So, <clears throat> what does he? So his answer. In this world of Maya, the only thing that's going to help you is the Lord of Maya. Let's pray to Vasudeva. Aditi said, O great one, what form of worship of the Lord of the universe should I adopt? In what ways would my prayers be granted by him who, who is all, whose will always comes true? Instruct me in that form of service by which the Lord will be quickly pleased with me, who along with my children are extremely grief-stricken. Kishapa replied, Once when I was eager to do the work of creation, I put this identical question to Brahma. The instructions that Brahma then gave me about the observance for winning the favor of Keshava, that I shall make known to you. A person should observe the payovrata, the vow of sustaining, subsisting only on milk, for twelve days in the bright fortnight of the month of, Pal- of Palgun, and worship the lotus-eyed Lord with supreme devotion. So this is, there's many, this is a vrat, like we have Satyarai vrat, that's probably the most common one in this age. People, I've done, maybe people, even many people's homes here, I've done, who are here, I've done this puja in their home. Uh, that's a special uh, fast and certain pujas and stories that are told in order to uh, win some favor of, Lord, of the Lord, right? There's, uh, now we're coming to Shivaratri in a few days, that's an important vrat. By fasting the day and staying up at night, you, you get some... Uh, Benefit, right? Then there is this, what is 16 Monday Vrat that people get to get a proper husband, uh, worshiping Shiva like this. There's different Vrat. This is also one Vrat. It's done during the uh, sec- the bright fortnight of Falgun, an auspicious month, from the Pratipad, the first day after the new moon, for 12 days. And those 12, this number 12 comes again and again, right? Uh, 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 and Vamana, uh, uh, the dwarf incarnation, is associated with the number 12. He appears on Dwadasi on the twelfth day. And the mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, is twelve syllabled mantra. Alright, so this is the number twelve is like for, for Shiva and Hanuman we do things in, in multiples of eleven. Right? Right. As eleven rudas. So this this particular puja is being described or this Vrat being described is just a way of, by fasting and puja and some prayers and mantra to get uh, Vishnu's grace. Right? So now this is a description, but it's describing a particular vrat. I'm going to read quickly, uh, 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 but this is true of any. Uh, some sa- people do some sadhana to you know some you some austerity, some special prayers, some special pujas for a certain amount of days to get some result, right? On the fourteenth day of the dark fortnight, I did, I, the day previous to the commencement of the vow, a person should, if available, get mud that has been dug up by a wild boar and apply it all over his body and take a bath. So the first thing, that's the first requirement. That's probably the hardest one. We need earth that's been dug up by a wild boar. So we don't have many wild boars here. We have to go to Catalina, I think, has wild boars. <laughs> Next time anybody's in Catalina, get earth that's been dug up and keep it. We'll sell it in the gift shop for people wanting to do this, but it's required, right? But it's also interesting because that, that refers to uh, another story of, 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 of Varaha. Right, who lifted up the earth? Right, who was plunged in darkness? Right, this is also the thing that, that because if you don't pull from the earth, the, that all wealth comes from the underworld, has to be pulled up. 
right? And so this is the thing. So also, in order to start it, you have to we're we're pulling the wealth from from the underworld to, into into the into the human world, right? You should uh, wash oneself in that dirt and, and then bathe. He should utter the following mantra: O Earth Goddess, thou art lifted from Rasat Rasatala by the Lord as a primeval boar, Paraha, for providing a stable residence for all creatures. Uh, salutations to thee, O Goddess, destroy my sins. As performing one's daily and in, 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 in regular rites, one should worship the Lord either in an image or on consecrated ground with ritualistic design, either in an image or in a yantra, right? or in the sun, or in water, or fire, or in one's teacher. These are the different forms of the Lord. In, uh, pratima, the image, vigraha, in a yantra, in the fire, in, 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 in the sun, in the river, or in the in the in the in the person of the guru in the guru's form, these are all forms ways you can worship the Lord. The following mantra of invocation should be uttered. These I translated today. I have time for these. They're very nice. Namostubhyam Bhagavate Purusha Mahiyase Sarvabhuta Nivashaya Vasudeva Shakshine. Right. So it starts. I bow to Namostubhyam Bhagavate. I bow to that supreme Lord. This is. A commentary on, or another telling of this Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. We've talked about this mantra a lot. Actually, this is we've been talking for seven years on this mantra. We read Bhagavatam, right? And it's a unique mantra because it's it's uh, what is it? Okay, what what does Vasudev mean? This is the test. Wow. So it has that, yet that first meaning. Vasu means all pervading, like the Vishva and. and like breath and air and atmosphere and, and we get the vishwas from that universe. It's all pervading. That deva, that that God which is all pervading, which is consciousness, the all pervading reality, right? But it's also Vasudeva is a son of Vasudev. Vasudev becomes Vasudeva. It means Krishna. Right? So the all pervading reality, but it's also the personal form of God, of Vishnu, of Krishna. Right? So that that's this that's impersonal and in, impersonal. Uh, 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 can't say per- impersonal and personal form and formless, all pervading and localized, right? Uh, 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 in form and universal, right? The self of all beings, but that self of all beings also. There's a beautiful, lovely mantra at the beginning uh, of the Bhagavatam. Many, uh, many years ago, we read it, right? It says, "We salute a long hymn describing we su- we salute that absolute supreme Godhead who exists in all beings, from whom from whose uh, uh, navel comes Brahma, from from countless universes are created." He just goes on glorifying this immensely huge being, and then it says, "Who is now play, uh, crawling on all floors, on all fours in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj, as a little baby, little naked baby running around the courtyard of of, of Nanda and and Yashoda." Right, so that's the thing that 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 uh, 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 the infinite Godhead, but it's also manifest in 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 our realm, in the realm of name and form. So, this is saying We bow to that that Bhagavan, that Bhagavan, the controller of all power, the supreme Lord, the blessed Lord, Purushaya Mahiyase. Uh, uh, Purusha, Purushaya means that he's. And this is using Sankhya terms, means person, the supreme person, you could say. Mahiyase means a glorify, one who has all glorious powers. Mahimna, right? All glories and, and wonderful qualities. Uh, we say, uh, we, we have omnipotent, omnipotent, omniscient, omni. So one of my friends in an early college class in philosophy of religion, she coined the term omni, omni-wonderful. 
Right, it's all those qualities that make one worshipable, right? Because you can have a you can have a creator that's not worshipable, right? It's an, you can have an evil creator create an evil world of duality, you know. It's like, but this is like omni, all great. Mahimna means all great. Purusha Mahiyase is full of there's a person who has unlimited wonderful qualities. Om Namastivam Bhagavate Purusha Mahiyase Sarva Bhuta Nivashaya, who dwells, uh, or who who resides in every Sarva Bhuta in every being. So that's again that 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 universal idea of Vasudeva. We Vasudeva, who provide who that glorious person who is in every living thing, not just living thing. Bhuta means being. Bhuta also means element, right? Panchabhuta, right? In every element, in every particle, in everything, in everyone. And other texts it says in moving and unmoving things, right? In living beings and in unmoving matter, right? He pervades everything. Vasudeva Shakshine, that Vasudeva, that all-pervading Lord, Shakshine, who is the witness, right? So I bow to you, the Blessed Lord, the glorified Supreme Person who dwells in all beings, the all-pervading Vasudeva, the witness, right? Another way to when they say that one who 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 dwell in all who dwell in all beings witnesses everything. So 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 what does that mean? Also, what's the witness, right? Well, you're witnessing me. Speaking, and I'm witnessing you, witnessing me speaking, right? So it means consciousness. There's one consciousness with, that's in all beings, right? The one shining through your eyes, the one who sees through your eyes, and the one who sees through my eyes, that's the one being, right? He's playing all the parts, right? We bow to Namastu Vyam Bhagavate Purushaya Mahiyase Sarvabhuta Nivashaya Vasudeva Shakshine Namo Vyaktaya Sukshmaya Pradhana Purushaya Cha Chattu Vishad Guna Jnana Guna Shakyana Hetave Namo, namo avyaktaya. We bow to the one who's avyakta, who can't be described beyond speech. I have a friend uh, named Swami Avyaktananda, right? He's a pujari at the Ramakrishna Mission in Allahabad. Avyaktananda, right? Who's 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 uh, the the one who cannot be described beyond description, beyond words, right? Uh, we bow to the one. So it's interesting that we're using words to describe the one that's beyond words, right? That's the secret of mantra. How you can use, how you can name one beyond name and meditate upon one that you can't think about, right? Who's a, like this? Shukshmaya, uh, uh, who is very subtle, right? Transcendentally subtle. Pradana purushaya cha. Who's pradana and purusha? So pradana, pradana has many meanings. Means foremost and primary, but here it means prakriti, right? The the, the primary and, and purusha. So this is sankhya philosophy, purusha and prakriti, of nature and spirit. You could say, or consciousness and and the contents of consciousness. You can say, it's another. We've talked about uh, this before. Chatu uh, chatu um, means twenty-four guna gyaya who is a knower of the 24. 24 is the 24 principles. This is the five elements, the five organs, the five organs of knowledge, the five organs of action, you know, this, you know, the, the, in, in Sankhya philosophy, how Pakriti is analyzed into 25, 24 elements. Guna Shakyana Heteve. And he is the cause or the teacher or the founder or the spreader of the philosophy of the Gunas, of Sankhya. Right, so we bow to, so it's interesting, the most, uh, we bow to the one that's indescribable and who uh, 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 is most subtle, or who is both Purusha and Prakriti, and who, but who is a knower of the categories of Prakriti. So he is that ultimately Purusha, right? 
and the one who, who, who teaches this philosophy of Sankhya. About to the, about to one beyond speech, most subtle, who is both Pradhana and Purusha, the knower of the 20 elements, the source of the Sankhya system. Namodvi Shiras, oh, this is interesting. Namodvi Shrishne Tripara Chattu Sringaya Tantave Sapta Hashtaya Yagnaya Tvai Vidyatmane Namaha. I bow to Dvi Shiras, Shirsne, the one who has two heads. Okay. Tripare, who has three legs. Chattur Shringaya, who has four horns. Right, uh, tant, uh, Tantave expands. Sapta hashtaya, hashtaya, who has seven hands. Uh, uh, so the, what, we have to think: What are these? Right, this is actually you have to. This you yeah, need commentary. <laughs> what these are, but it gives a it gives a, a, a hint. Yajnaya, who is who is sacrifice. So these are all things of sacrifice. Two heads. There are two bricks that are used as the, uh, the foundation of a sacrificial altar. Those are those, um, pradayadiya and. Udayaniya. Three legs. These are the three different types of offerings, ghee offerings. Four horns are the four Vedas that are recited, right? And seven hands. These are the meters, the chandas. I bow to you the self of the three sciences, right? Uh, the self of the three sciences of, of, of jnana. Trayi vidyatmane namaha. What are the three signs? This is the three uh, 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 goals of yajna, different types of yajna. One type of yajna is called karmakand. This is most sacrifices in the Vedas. are designed in order to please the devas, to bring rain, to bring progeny, to bring wealth, to bring uh, to attain heaven, right? To to uh, serve the ancestors. It's karmakand. It's a world of action, right? Then there's jnanakanda. These are. Uh, 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 forms of the Vedas, these are the Upanishads and the like, right? It's also a type of sacrifice, right? More philosophical orientation towards knowledge and liberation. And Upasanakand, right? This is just for the, the science of worship, for the sake of worship. Neither for knowledge nor for karma, but just for out of love and devotion, the science of worship. So, now uh, back to our whether or not this is sectarian text, whom this Vasudeva is. Nama Shivaya Rudraya. Right, I bow to Shiva who is Rudra. Nama Shakti Dharayacha. I bow to the one who holds Shakti. Now this is two things. Shakti also means a weapon. There's like his Trisho is a Shakti, right? And like that. That could be that also. But one who holds Shakti. Or one who holds the Divine Mother, right? Look, there she is. She's you know, she's he's holding up Shakti. Right? She's stand, Shakti is standing on top of him, right? Or sitting on top in his lap. Shakti Sarva Vidya Dipatai Bhutanam Patai Namaha Sarva Vidya Dipatai You are the Adipatai You are the original master of Sarva Vidya of all knowledge or all sciences Right here it's referenced to him as the source of all the Tantras all the esoteric Vidyas he is the source of all that the original master the origin of all the Tantras and all these esoteric sciences Bhutanam Patai Namaha We bow to the Lord of all beings Bhutanat Lord of uh, spirits. Shiva is also called Bhutana, the Lord of ghosts and spirits like that. But he's the Lord of everything. Including, so actually by saying Bhutana, he's not just the Lord of the Devas. Right? He's Mahadeva, of course, but he's also the Lord of the demons. And the ghosts and the Rakshashas and everything, right? 
I bow to Shiva and Uru. I bow to the holder of Shakti and the original master of all sciences. I bow to the master of spirits or beings. Namo Hiranyagarbhaya Pranaya Jagat Atmane. Namo Hiranyagarbha. Hiranyagarbha, the golden wombed one, golden egg, which means Brahma. Right? So this Vishnu, this Vasudeva is Shiva. This Vasudeva is Brahma. Right? Pranaya Jagatmane, the life and soul of every, the whole universe. Yoga Aishwara Shariyaya, that whose body uh, contains all yoga and all glories, all powers, all majesty. How did I translate it? Uh, whose body is the power of yoga. Yoga Aishwara. Namaste Yoga Hetave, who is the founder of the yoga systems. Systems of Yoga. Namaste Adidevaya, Shakshi Bhutaya Te Namaha, Narayanaya Rishaya, Narayana Har Har Haraye Namaha. Namaste Namaste Adi Namaste Adidevaya. We bow to that original Deva, the original God. The source or Adi means original, first, foremost, source primordial, all those things. So it's the source of the God, the first God, the best God, the one mentioned before you mentioned all the other ones. It's the and, you know, you and all the other gods, all that. I bow to Adideva. Shakshi Bhutaya Tedam. I bow to the one who witnesses all beings. Again. And now, Narayanaya Rishaye Narayana. So who's Narayana in the form of a Rishi, a human Rishi. This is a reference. So we bow to Narayana, Lord Narayana in the form of a Rishi that's a human, Nara. This is referring Nara Narayana Rishi, right? This is in the stories. There's a two ancient uh, stories or two twin, a dual incarnation of God is Narayana and, and Nara, Narayana, Nara and Narayana, a man and Narayana, right? So one of them is Narayana, the other one's called Nara, right? The Lord of men and men. Right? And so yogis have interpreted this esoterically. The Rishi is uh, within man is the Lord of men, right? So and he's the Rishi. Who are we supposed to learn from? Like Narada, who did Narada learn from? From Narayana Rishi, the Rishi he, through his meditation and austerities, within within his own self, Narayana is there and gives him all instruction. <laughs> there are stories of Narayana Narayan as dual incarnation. Uh, many believe that even uh, Krishna and Arjuna are Nara and Narayan. Right, they're an incarnation of Naran. There's some texts that say like a Naran Narayana Rishi. Right, uh, uh, what does that mean? That who's Vish, uh, Krishna is God, and and Arjuna is the one who hears from God. Right. So Nara, man, and we have within us we have Narayana, the Lord of men. We can also hear from God. Actually, the Bhagavad Gita didn't. It takes take three hours to recite. For me, it takes three hours to recite. Right, but it didn't take three hours. It took. It was instant. It said actually what was revealed in Arjuna's mind instantly. Sanjay spoke, took three hours to explain to Drihadas, tried to explain it and unfolded it to, to uh, Drihadasta. Drihadasta. Right? It's that self within, within your own heart, all answers come, not on the Raya Nidishi. We bow to the Adideva, the witnesses of all beings, who is Nara and Narayana Rishi combined. Namo, Namo Mara Kakta Shah. Marakatta Shyama Vapuse Dhigate Sriye Keshavaya Namastubyam Namaste Pita Vedase. Now it's very beautiful. I bow to Keshava, 
right? Whose body is dark like an emerald, right? Shama means dark, means dark or means blue, right? Blue or dark blue to use combined of the two meanings. But the word actually is his marakata, which is uh, an emerald. So his color is just like not just beautiful, dark, dark like an emerald. Uh, along who along along with or in union with or accompanied uh, with Sri Lakshmi, right? So Sri means Lakshmi, but Sri means all aus- everything that's auspicious. When you meditate upon God, every auspicious quality comes, right? I bow again, again to you, wearing a yellow garment, Pitta Vasase, uh, who uh, wears a yellow garment. Yellow is also the color of the earth. He's uh, brings Vishnu always brings the the the. Um, uh, he brings the the, uh, the 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 things of the earth that are uh, into human culture, into society. Twam sarve varade pumsam varenyam varadarshabha attaste shreyase dhiraha pare renum upasate. You are the giver of all kinds of blessings. Sarva Varada, you give all kinds of blessings to people, to Pusha. Varinyam Varada, you are the, uh, you are the most worshipable one. Varinyam, we have that in the Gayatri. Varinyam, worshipable. Varada, and you are always giving the best of boon givers. You give all blessings. Varada means giver of blessings, right? Uh, therefore, those who are serious. Dhira, those who are dear, serious about Shreyase for their own good, right? Shreya, we have Preyas and Shreyas, right? There you have the good and the pleasant. Those who want their actual good, serious, sober people who are seriously intent about their actual benefit, uh, uh, worship the dust. A very beautiful Pare Renu Pasate. Worship the dust of uh, uh, of your uh, uh, lotus feet. Right. Those who are serious, I worship the dust of your lotus feet. Anvartan. One last verse here. Let's see here. Anvartanta yam devaha shris cha tatpara padmayo sprihayanta ivamodham bhagavan me prasaritam. May that bhagavan, whom the devas and Lakshmi adore, right? So what all the devas adore that that Lord, and who Lakshmi is also adoring that Lord. Why? Desirous, it's very beautiful. Uh, desirous for the fragrance of the lotus feet, right? Uh, the fragrance of his feet. The Lord, the Lord's feet are always described as a lotus, because lotuses are full of fragrant, uh, attracting qualities, right? So the even the devas, even Lakshmi is always serving in order to. Uh, uh, to get the f- fragrance of that of, of those lotus feet, may that Bhagavan, who the devas and Lakshmi adore, desires of the fragrance of the lotus feet, prasiditam, prasiditam means uh, 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 means may be pleased with me or may bless me. Actually, I was trying because both meanings are there, and I was trying to think how to translate because to be pleased with me and bless me are two different things. If I want you, I hope you're pleased with me. Doesn't mean I want you to give me something. <laughs> <laughs> give me your blessing it's not the same thing but Pasita means both of these things and so I was looking and some translation uses this word uh, propitious like well, that's actually a perfect word right it's trying it's having somebody uh, 
the, uh, that very uh, auspiciously disposed was was potential for good. <laughs> it's kind of what it means, right? So that's a very good pasita pasita. We have these. You hear this mantra a lot, right? Bless me, bless me, be pleased with me. Make things favorable, favorably disposed. I think is a good because somebody's favorably disposed. That means maybe they'll help you, right? So may he may he who is worshipped by the devas and by Lakshmi herself uh, be pleased with me. Uh, uh, so he's saying, this is, recite this prayer, right? And there's a few more things I'll read it real quickly in English. Uh, skipping. Uh, Invoking Srihari, the controller and director of all the senses, with this mantra, he, the Lord, should be honored and worshipped with water for washing, etc. After offering sandal paste and garlands, the all-pervading Lord should next be bathed in milk. Next he should be offered clothes, sacred thread, decorations, argyam, padya, sandal paste, incense, light, and accompanied with the utterance of the twelve-lettered mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. If a person with sufficient means, if a person has sufficient means, he should make an offering of rice cooked with milk, with ghee and jaggery and offer the same while uttering the above mantra. Next water should be made and beetle presented. Offerings of water should be made and beetle not present, prevent, presented. The food offerings made to the Lord should be given to some devotees that one may eat it oneself. Afterward, afterward the twelve-lettered mantra should be uttered a hundred and eight times. Then one should go circumambulation. There should be circumambulation and prostration. The worshipper should place the offered flowers on his own head and put the deity to rest. At least two holy men should be fed with offerings of the paisham. Permitted by those guests... He can take what is left of the offered food in the company of his friends and relatives. He should offer. He should observe celibacy at that night and for the next day, that is, the first day of the vow. He should, till the end of it, get up early in the morning, bathe, and with concentration perform the ceremonial milk bath for the deity in his image, as described earlier, and offer worship. The devotee who is intent on worshiping the Lord in this way should subsist only on milk. This is why it's called the milk fast make oblations in the fire, and feed the holy men every day. The observer of Payovrata should daily follow this routine worship. Homa and feeding Homa and feeding for 12 days. For those 12 days of the bright fortnight, the worshipper should, con- should be celibate, avoid luxuries like sleeping on a cot, and bathe at the three sandhyas of the day. He should avoid all talk except about the Lord and give up all sensuous indulgences, whether they be petty pleasures or rare luxuries. He should not injure creatures and should practice intense devotion to the Lord. Next, on the thirteenth day of the bright fortnight, he should arrange for the performance of the bath of the deity with Panchamrita by experts in ritual, as laid down in the scriptures. Without stinting money, he should prepare offerings of rice, boiled in milk, and arrange for grand and elaborate worship of the Lord, sitting on the back of Garuda. With great concentration of mind, that food offering, cooked in milk, should be made to the Lord, and after one should, par- one should partake of the remnants, which is very holy and attracts the grace of God. The learned, the acharyas, and the officiating priest should be honored and rendered happy with presents of silk, ornaments, and cows. Pleasing them is equal to the worship of Sri Hari himself. Pure and well-prepared food must be given to the acharya, the priest, and other brahmanas who might have assembled there. Proper dakshina must be given to the acharya and the priest. All assembled on the occasion, down to the lowest outcast, must be fed to satisfaction. When food is served and eaten by the sick, the blind, the beggars, one should understand that it is a veritable worship of the Lord. This is an important line. 
when you feed the poor the, and the beggars and the diseased, that is the same as worship of God. After all are thus fed, one may take food with one's relatives. In the daily worship of the Lord, there must be a place for dance, song, instrumental music, and hymns. I have now described to you the way of divine service called Payovrata, in which I was instructed by Brahma. O fortunate lady, you too worship the Lord, Keshava, with a concentrated mind, full of pure devotion, acquired through the observance of Payovrata. This is called comprehensive yajna and comprehensive vow. Sarva yajna, sarva, sarva vrata. It is the essence of all austerity and of all charity, because it is pleasing to the Lord. That by which the Lord is pleased is verily austerity. It is charity and self-restraint. That alone is jnana and the famous yoga disciplines of yama and niyama. So, O noble lady, observe this discipline of payovrata with faith and concentration. The Lord will soon be pleased with you and grant you your desired boons. So we'll end there. We'll see what she does. She, well, I'll tell you a little bit. She, she performs the brat and the Lord appears and gives her a boon. And uh, to be born. So next next month next Sunday we'll do that section, and uh, uh, probably the beginning of the actually advent of, of Amana. Maybe actually even yeah, I think actually we'll we'll get Vamana and and Bali all in the same one next week. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, so actually the, these vrats it's in this mantra it's. This this book is describing this vrat and this mantra, but any mantra and any vrat. This is what we do. We we when, when some trouble comes, you increase sadhana, right? You you do things to supplicate the Lord, and that Lord is not somewhere else. That's being told again and again. The one who pervades everything, the one who witnesses, the one who. So the purpose of these sadhanas is the purification of the mind, ultimately. Because in the pure mind, the Lord stands self-revealed, right? Devotion is there, then the God is self-revealed. And the uh, bali is automatically vanquished, right? When, when, uh, when, when uh, ego comes up and thinks we don't need God and, and we end up with a little bit of suffering, we pure, it means some impurity has come in the mind. By sadhana, the purity is removed, right? You tighten things up, you burn things out, right? Uh, and then that, that, uh, that uh, power is removed. The... Uh, uh, one little detail, I just came from the Narmada, bank of the Narmada River, and the, the sadhana that Bali had performed was in the bank of the, of the Narmada River. It's also, this is also a place of sadhana. Uh, and Vamana, we know he, 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 he strides three steps, right? And this is the three, ultimately the three worlds, right? And so these three worlds described by the yogis is Deha Tattva, Manu Tattva, and Ananda Tattva. Right? Uh, uh, it's not just earth like that, but these are internally, these are the, the physical Anumaya Kosha. First one is Deha, Deha Tattva, the physical body is Anumaya Kosha. Right? Then uh, Manumaya Kosha, Mano Tattva is the mind body, Manumaya Kosha, and Vigyanamaya Kosha, and uh, Pranamaya Kosha. Right, that's the second step, right? And the final Ananda Mayakosha or Ananda Tattva. These are the fine the final three steps, right? But also what happens, he's a demon who's come up into the earth in order to steal heaven. Right? And what does Vishnu do? He shoves him back to earth. 
right? He puts them back where, and from that, again, comes prosperity, comes fertility, <laughs> right? Because it's interesting that this fight that's constantly happened between the gods and the demons, uh, 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 the, the, the devas, in one sense, from the devas' perspective, the demons, the, from, the, from the demons' perspective, the gods are constantly stealing, Right, they produce a harvest, and the gods take it. Right, that's what we do. Right? What we do, we cut, we, we we cut the plants, and we throw it in the fire to the gods, or we throw it in our fire in our mouth. We steal. We're stealing constantly the the wealth of the earth. Right, and so the the devas again, the the, the suras again regenerate new from that. They regenerate new life, and again the devas steal it. So it's interesting from their perspective. They're also doing their dharma, right? And think of all the what are all the all the other creatures in the underworld? There's yakshas, there's nagas, right? There's ups, these are all underworld creatures, and all these are worshipped for prosperity. They're all worshipped for fertility, right? We worship Manasa Devi, we do nag puja, nag panchami, these type of things. You know, these are all we go we worship at snake holes. We do it like because these are from the underworld, you know. That symbolic of this, what's the symbolic? Of this? They have the knowledge. What snakes and the demons have knowledge of Sanjivani, right? What do snakes do? They 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 slither and they move their, they give up their skin and they create a new body, right? So the symbols of 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 of, of, of resurrection, of a harvest, of new life, of rebirth, right? Very powerful. So they'll come into the nagas and the. Uh, uh, all the all the uh, the the uh, the asudas are the ones who get the worst rap, right, <laughs> right. Uh, nagas and the other beings aren't quite as scary, but uh, as we go through these story, we realize that this in this eternal struggle between these two forces of nature, asuda and 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 and, and suda, or asuda and deva, and the internal struggle between the different aspects of our own self, and the ultimate. A call for the divine, the transcendent divine, both to liberate us from this mess of this world of duality through the through the one, and also to bring balance to the world of dualities. Two things happen: one, we we pray to God Vasudeva or Ma to take us beyond this world of birth and death, right? The world beyond the world of duality. That's called liberation, enlightenment, like this, right? But the story is also it's not just oneness. Actually, a friend of mine, I have a friend. Uh, who I met in India. He's a he's a reporter and, and a mystic in his own way, and he wrote something very just just, uh, just remembering just now before sitting down. I before before RT, I read it, post on Facebook or something. He says I I no longer like this term, uh, oneness. Right, I prefer unit. Uh, 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 what do you think? Maybe uh, I think balance. Right, a wholeness. He used the word wholeness. That's the word. That's right. Instead of oneness, he used wholeness. Right, because oneness is still something. You know, oneness is one thing. That's that's that world on duality. But wholeness is bringing balance to the relative world again. Right, and so these both things are going on in puja. Those things going on. These stories and these and and, and as well as our spiritual life. We want transcendence. We also want wholeness. Right, we want aspects. We want everything balanced in our life. We want uh, so that that the the, the uh, even like our underworld energies. Right, those also those give us life. Those give us children they give us happiness they give us wealth they give us like that also has its place but when it's out of balance then everything is ripped apart you see what happens right uh, we want the earth to be prosperous we want but we also need to honor the earth not just steal her we we uh, in our in our attempt it's to take the bounty of the earth from the from the underworld right we we've we've made it 
much much worse right we've we've not made it whole we've broken it we've uh so this dual thing of oneness and wholeness i think is very interesting right and that's the two that's the, the idea in these stories that have transcendence of, of enlightenment and liberation but also the balance the struggle and balance between the devas and the asudas so we'll develop these as the weeks go by thank you for your kind attention i'm very happy to be back and to see everybody after a very good trip and I'm supposed to push a button that says stop. Jai Sri Ram Krishna. This one here, right? Oh, this one. Oh, no. Stop.